Welcome to another episode of the Ambry Podcast. Today, we are sitting with John Larson, the guy who created the whole thing, Coach Accountable. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jacqueline. So good to be here. If you could just tell the audience who you are and what you do and what is Coach Accountable. In the context of Coach Accountable, I'm really just some dude because I don't have any particular credentials, accreditations. I've been appointed. I'm not the leader of some sort of organization. I'm not sort of the member of any particular school or or anything like that. I'm just some guy who's like, hey, coaching's amazing. And I was pretty poor at being coached because I didn't write stuff down. I didn't have a powerful relationship with my my calendar. So uh, Coach Kennel was in many ways an expression of like, I think this could be better. Merging the worlds of fondness for coaching and being coached and, and even being a coach, as well as, hey, I'm a program and I know what it's like to have the machine automate this and that. So I'm the guy who created Coach Accountable as an answer to a, a problem that nobody articulates having. Um, it's not a it's not a core competency to help your clients remember to do anything or even to plan anything out. Uh, all the core competencies that have to do with, you know, just what do you say in the conversations themselves? All of which is a long-winded way to say is I'm just some guy and I created Coach Accountable to elevate coaching. And been now, I'm, I guess at the end of this month, I'll have to write, write the happy birthday Coach Accountable blog post for celebrating year 11. 11 years you since you've built Coach Accountable. Can you tell us how it started? Yeah. Well, for that, I have to admittedly say it wasn't quite as much of an I thing. So the original origins of Coach Accountable, the 1.0 days actually goes back to 2008 when me and my business partners at Playground Creative, still available, a creative design web agency, uh, were doing our thing to contract work for for hire, you know, talent for hire, uh, pretty pixels designing. And I was the web guy who could do, to do the, the coding and building of this and that. And you know, when you're young and you're just getting started in entrepreneurship, you don't know what the heck you're doing. So we were very much in the feast and famine cycles and, and renting out our hours and not so great at the sales, but pretty darn good at the execution. And in that sort of humdrum of, yeah, we're keeping the lights on, we're knocking out the rent. We got curious about like, okay, how do we transcend just doing that sort of contract work? What could could, could we make a product that has our our hours and our labors scale beyond, you know, whatever our hourly happens to be. And so it, at the intersection of that desire and us, our whole endeavor, quite frankly, was fueled by possibility, almost drunk on possibility with like the transformational arts and coaching and creating an empowering context. This all came from, you know, our, our backgrounds uh, doing landmark education and those transformational courses. And that's why I became an entrepreneur in the first place. That's what gave me the courage and impetus to do so. So we're sitting there, you know, doing the entrepreneurial thing as a web design agency, and we think coaching is really neat. And in 2008, there's like nothing out there that's like an an actual app for coaching. Uh, And we're like, what if we could make something that would be a good thing for coaching? It's like nicely at the intersection of, again, pretty pixels and web web development and, and making an app with, hey, we think coaching is neat. So we make Coach Accountable 1.0 in the summer of 08. We we started and we it takes most of all of 08 and we launch it in the summer of 09. And remember what I said about us being just some kids new to the entrepreneurial game, don't know mm-hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We um it wasn't great. It it was it looked pretty, but it wasn't actually good. So we launched it largely to crickets. That's fine. But then that summer, Lee and I were coaches in the self-expression and leadership program. This is again with Landmark Education. So we're like, hey, 
can we use this thing that we made to with our coaches to sort of like you know use it in the wild and and you know the head coach and the, of the of the program was like yeah that sounds cool let's give it a shot and leo and i were like two weeks into this and we're like oh this isn't actually good it looks good but in work like our baby frankly was ugly our baby mm-hmm. was ugly and and well wishers around us never told us that i became acquainted with the concept of um yeah there's a certain I think I, I was told that there's a book called The Mom Test called Don't Ask Your Mom for Product Validation. She's in your corner. You, you, She loves you and she's a great person, but you cannot trust her. <laughs> Coach Cannibal 1.0 failed the mom test hard. This idea of Coach Cannibal uh, was perhaps ahead of its time and again, immaturely executed. Then a couple of years went by. It was just sort of lingering on the the, the shelf. And uh, in the in that interim time, I exchanged the you know the full rights to Playground Creative, our design agency, for shall we say the corpse of Coach Accountable 1.0. And I was like, this is neat. Maybe I'll do something with it someday. I think it's a cool portfolio piece, and eh, we'll see. And then 2012 rolls around, and something in the water. I'm not sure, but the passage of three years, a couple things happened that were in the favor of Coach Accountable itself. And that was um, one, the smartphone revolution happened. So suddenly apps are cool. Data in the cloud is not the scary esoteric thing. And there's this sort of understanding like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. It's a thing that I would want versus like this, this old database web-based thing. Um, and then some, no short, no fewer than four parties came out to me because coachcountable.com was still on, took down the signup page, but it was still on the web. It existed out there, just kind of floating in the wind, like I said, a, a portfolio piece. And four different parties said in, in their way, like, hey, what's going on with this Coach Cannibal thing? Uh, any interest in selling it? What are you doing? I'm like, hmm, maybe Coach Cannibal's time had come. And so I took some time to make a 2.0. And this is early in 2012. My wife and I are about to leave for uh, just sell all our stuff and go on a year-long world tour. And we're moving out of our apartment at the end of April. And we're going to leave the country for a whole year. So I'm like, okay, wrapping things up, you know, going to be on the road, going to be a vagabond. We've saved up some money. We're going to do this groovy thing. This might be Coach Cannibal's time. Let me take some time and try it again. I'm four years less naive, four years a little little more savvy. And this time I did what we call in the industry dog fooding. Use your own product, see if it's actually good. Don't just create something else. You use it and and hope and assume it's tasty. Try it yourself. And so with a, a buddy who would uh, offer to be my guinea pig coachee, I did it and tested it and used it and sh- filed off the rough edges. And then from my, as I love to say, from my kitchen table in Cusco, Peru, version two was ready and I hit the button and launched it again. And that's where I consider that to be the sort of, you know, the, the birth date uh, for the 11 years that's co- we're coming up on. Because uh, that's the one that had legs. What happened when you launched it? I would, I want to say crickets because that's poetic and fun because it's mostly crickets. But there was one guy in Singapore of all less. An Englishman by the name of Dr. John Kenworthy. And he was in the sort of lead up to the launch. Cause I, you know, I was like, I still cared about you know, tweeting like, Hey, working on this. And I, maybe I even put out something on Facebook. I forget, but he's like, Hey, so when's this coming on? I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. And so Dr. John was my first customer right out the gate, which is incredibly nourishing to the entrepreneurial soul. Right. If you're, right. you know, just to have some sort of validation, he was not my mom. He was a complete stranger who probably had no vested interest in my fiduciary well-being whatsoever. And that's what I cared about. That was what I was interested in, to have someone who cared. So that's what happened. He signed up. 
And he became a paying customer after his 30-day trial ended. And he was my first one and first and only for like two, three months. And then some others trickled on. And then it kind of gained some steam. And then by the time we were in Vietnam, I think, you know, like six months later, something like that, um, it's making something like 1500 a month. And by the time we get back to the United States after a year abroad, it's making something like 3000 a month. I can knock out the rent with this. There's something here. There's traction. You've developed a product. It's gone out to market. And now you're you're an entrepreneur, but you're a business owner. You are making money at your idea. How did you decide you were going to run your business? I think based on its humble origins of how it very organically, you know, grew literally one customer at a time. I've already named names, right? Uh, it all seemed so doable. As in just tend fire at every step respond to what comes in, be great with people. I mean, I, I did tech support for a couple of years in my first job, a straight job out of college. And so I was like, you know, someone answered, you know, asked a question. I'm like, oh yeah, let me give an answer. Tech support, but it was elevated because it was like tech support called like, if someone asks something that's like, oh yeah, does it do this? It probably should. Before replying, I code that up and push it and say, hey, you're right. Uh, it didn't do that, but now it does and reload the browser and there you go. And so a lot of tech support and and product development were kind of intermarried because one informed the other. And there was this, again, this sort of real cadence and dance of my first release was, this is my expression of how coaching ought to be done and can be better. What is everyone else going to add to the mix by virtue of what they ask for? And sometimes you hear an idea and it's very niche and it's not good. And that's your first reaction. And, and maybe it'll bear out. The guy who's like, hey, can you make a widget who where uh, it'll have the weather of the person I'm about to coach like pop up so I can say something about the weather? And I was like, no, but that's the that's the outlier. Sometimes you hear an idea and either it's immediately good or eh, maybe. And then you hear it 10 more times like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. To, to loop back to your original question is that there's that organic, just sort of one step at a time, figure things out as I go. I didn't have scaling issues at all because it grew so gently and organically. I didn't have ambitions of, of growing an empire. I still don't. So there wasn't this like, okay, how do I get capital and, and an HR team and hire all the people and get a marketing blitz to get this really out there. Like none of that was like, I was coming from humble beginnings called, ooh, this is knocking out the rent. This is cool, which is very different from, oh God, I took $250,000 from these people and they keep calling wondering when they're going to get theirs. You know, the, 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 the finance capitalized model is, oh, it sounds terrifying, you know? And if it's not terrifying, you know, more sardonically and probably more, you know, true is like, I'm a live free or die kind of guy. So being beholden to dumb money or even smart money is such a turnoff. So that helped me avoid an entire class of problems and complexity so that my my answer to your again your question how do how do I do this what do I do wasn't this sort of you know, oh shit moment of like oh I have a business I gotta act like a business person so much as let me just kind of do the dance one day at a time and take great care of people and trust that that'll be enough I have a little bit of an inside track because I was on your team for a while yes. and I just want to just shout out the customer support aspect of it because that was my role and you still have that mentality so it, it made customer service what the industry would know as tech support or customer service which anyone who hears those terms is immediately thinking of on hold music mm -hmm. um angry person on the recipient they've dealt with 15 calls um coach accountable was a little different you've 
completely bucked against what a, any advisor would have told you to do to scale your business. You are now a team of one and you're still thriving and you're still highly successful. Who who do you think you are? Like how how is that? <laughs> I mean, even when you had a team, it was three of us yeah. and people would be like, what do you I mean? You, you guys look like 25. Right. That right. always tickled me when people would say that. Yeah. They're like, how is there only two? And you have the best support response in the industry. I don't, who do you think you are? Like, mm. how do you do this? How can you accomplish it? And now doing this by yourself without a team, how, how does that happen? All right. Those are two separate questions. I'll, 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 I'll we'll, let's go chronological order. The okay. whole, how do you do that? That slow, small anyway, to say nothing of, you know, pivoting to say nothing yet about pivoting to back to one. For me, like I said, I'm a live for your die kind of guy. And what has been so delightful and joyous to me about this entrepreneur journey is that feeling of being empowered. And so that comes from almost, you know, from the outside, it looks like an almost stubborn insistence. John, why are you doing that? Why don't you hire someone to do that? I'm like, I'm having fun. It's neat to learn something new and now I can do it. And it's interesting when you go slow when you don't have explosive growth or, you know, to your point of advisors would definitely wag their finger at me. You're not supposed to run a business like this. Um, I never had those that, those pressures. I never invited those parties because I didn't want to be that, that, that big. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was on a call with someone who was like, oh, we can do it and, and help you do and we'll take an ownership you know, little wedge and help you do I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm not trying to, and this is the operative thing that I said that maybe like stopped him in his tracks. Like, I'm not trying to do something stupid like own a yacht. I don't care. When you relieve yourself of that pressure of having to sort of impress Wall Street darlings or get that unicorn IPO or even play by the rules of growth and hockey sticks and whatever it's supposed to look like, you're free to set the pace. And so setting that pace for me was very relaxed and allowed me to get curious about like, well, what would it be like to roll my own? How could I do that? And when you do that, you come to this place of total agency and autonomy. That's what allowed me to be like, Hey, what's that, Jacqueline? Someone's unpleased about how this works. Give me 10 minutes and then mm -hmm. I could do it. I never had to wait for a product update meeting with the, the roadmap team and the dev team put in their queue and their Kanban boards and, and debate the merits of it and the prioritization among all the other things. Like all those meetings, all that overhead, I got to skip it all because I got curious about, can I do it myself? And was bold enough to bet on myself because if you do that on a long enough timeline, I think you go from you couldn't possibly to, yes, yeah, not a big deal. All these are learnable skills. I had a, right, to be honest to, to you and your listeners, I had a big leg up called I Know How to Program. And that's the, the main ingredient. That is the most leveraged thing of this entire endeavor. If you can program, you get it right for one person. It's right for a thousand people or 10,000 people and beyond. It's infinitely leverageable. So <laughs> that, that creative mojo, mojo and medium coupled with a, yeah, I just don't care to grow that big. Allowed for space for that. Working lean. I mean, is it not daunting on a day to day to wake up and go, it's it's me. It's just I'm the guy that created it and I'm the guy that's running it. It was daunting at first because I was used to having cover, you know, you guys to 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 handle the pedestrian stuff. And I spent a fair amount of that summer, like back in like the trenches, you know, the front lines, you know, dealing with this and that. And again, further engineering out more of the friction, taking, oh yeah, that is kind of a rough thing. 
I can imagine this is getting old to do. So these days, support tickets are a lot easier and they're somewhat less even because I've just gotten rid of certain things and made certain tools that make it easy. So daunting. Tell you what, I, I'm able to do the regular stuff in one to three hours a day. And then there's plenty of time to play and improve on that. And so got myself back into like, oh yeah, I got this. I can handle this. It didn't take too long. And I, again, was able to, again, further invest in things being smooth and easier to run. Like you can answer the same question a hundred times. You can fix the why that people ask that question once. And it might take you 20 X the time to fix it. But on the long timeline, you're buying back your time. So I bought back an awful lot of my time by being frontline and, and engineering things around there. And what was left in the balance, I could work on groovy projects again. And uh, the slow, relaxed pace by which I worked on version five, again, just launched last week, um, allowed me to, like I said, you know, to the world, you know, amid that, oh, you know, hey guys, it's just me again. Um, I'm just going to be an artist in my studio creating things of beauty. And that's going to delight more people in the long run than being piecemeal responsive to, you know, feature requests, this and that. I just like, everyone leave me alone. I'll take care of what needs to be taken care of, but I'm working on something. Don't worry. It's going to be cool. I promise. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to to make good on that promise. I'm kind of pivoting things, but that, that's sort of the, the long arc of how, you know, going from that sense of being daunted to, again, it's groovy empowered. Um, like I said, uh, we go on vacation and, Daddy, while, while, while they're making breakfast, dad will be on his laptop and just knocking out the morning support stuffs and I'll do it again in the afternoon. And we're good. It fits around life very well. Anbury is thrilled to present a new community crafted exclusively for you. Elevate your business game with a powerhouse combination of knowledge, networking, and personalized support. Connect with a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs and small business owners who share your passion. Exchange ideas, collaborate on exciting ventures, and propel each other's growth to new heights. Our interactive workshops led by industry experts cover the full spectrum of marketing, finance, branding, and beyond. Experience the magic of a weekly live kickoff call with Anbury to guide you through streamlining processes, overcoming obstacles, and securing those well-deserved wins. Together, we'll conquer challenges, offer advice, and celebrate victories, making the journey all the more rewarding. Ready to soar? Join the Anbury Village today and unlock a treasure trove of benefits designed to skyrocket your business success. Register now at ambry.com and be part of this extraordinary journey. Your business deserves nothing less than greatness. Let's make it happen together. The reason why I asked in such a way is because the the audience are mostly entrepreneurs, um, small business owners, a very, very small team. And oh, right a lot of the feedback and a lot of the things that I hear is it's pressure. There's so much pressure. And then they get stuck mm. in this um, cycle from the books that I've read and the gurus I've listened to. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's not mm. the things aren't doing what they should be doing, which means I'm failing. Yeah. But you have a different perspective on that. You mentioned being an artist, if anybody else caught that. And you Mm. actually have a a full post on what it is to be an artist rather than an art teacher. And this speaks to why you keep Coach Accountable Lean. So could you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So if I may also speak to the the, the idea of daunting from from the perspective you just laid out for me. Mm -hmm. Should is 
such a villain and fiend. I'm totally with you. Like reading the podcast and the gurus and the tell of what you what it looks like. And we all construct in our own heads this mental model of what should look. Freeing yourself from that by slowing your roll. I mean, the the only real reality to it is, are you profitable? If you are profitable, you can do this indefinitely. If you are not, you are on borrowed time, you will run out of runway or funding or your sales will dry up, your, your savings will dry up and this, this you know, you, you'll face that soul crushing, I could fail at this. So running lean, again, get, buys you freedom. If you are living well within your means, both in your life and you know the business aspect, you have a lot of the freedom, which allows you to sort of lovingly thumb your nose at any sort of should, whether it's in your head or someone's expecting it of you or even your balance sheet. Just be able to say, you know, I'm good. There's a distinction, uh, ramen profitable that they use in Y Combinator, like advising small startups. Are are you ramen profitable? As in, you might not be balling hard. You might not be driving fancy cars. Can you afford ramen and your apartment to do your thing? If you're ramen profitable, you can survive forever. You're good. You're insulated from the do or die pressures. And then if you relax the internal stuff of should and goals and I want to look good and impress then you can focus, then you can slow down and now pivot into your question about being, then you can be an artist. Then you can get curious about what is an elegant way to do this and create something that people want. And that's a very different mindset than from responding to market pressures or or sales goals. I do not make goals. I've not made a single goal for coaching house revenue ever. Because they're made up and you either make it and you're like, yay, for six minutes and then you make a bigger goal. Or you don't and you feel bad. And at the end of the day, the only thing you had control over anyway was like, how good did you, was what you put out there? How good was your creation? Did you make something people want? How much did they want it? And so I just skip, rather skip the whole rigmarole and I invite anyone who's an entrepreneur to, to see themselves and skipping that whole rigmarole and jump ahead to the final piece called what only one thing that matters is how nice is what you're putting out there? Is it good? Do people want it? And if you do that and focus on it, ironically or not, everything itself takes care of itself downstream. You will have what you seek when you just don't care about what you seek, but instead worry about what you're putting out. That's the only thing you have control over anyway. So let me speak specifically to that artist versus art teacher thing, because I think it is kind of unique to Coach Accountable, but I think it's not fully unique, but it's it's rare. And that is what you were saying about uh, the, the contrast of usual customer support, tech support, your call is very important to us, Muzak, scripts, escalation, all that jazz. No, my thing for you guys, my expression for you guys has always been, be artists about it. You know, in the in the job posting that I most recently did last summer, um, the the I explicitly called out like your the expectation is that you bring your art to this role. Again, not an automaton who's copying and pasting script stuffs or escalating you or instructing you to first reboot Windows before we consider before we continue. But be a person about it. Be personable. Have fun with them. All that. So. So my role as art teacher was kind of a niche thing called like being a manager who's like looking to cultivate that air of like, I want everyone who's interacting with Coach Accountable customers to themselves be, bring their art to it, be an artist. That was being, that was the art teacher part of it. And then again, the artist the, by contrast is, I don't want to have to worry about or train or teach anyone to do it. Jacqueline, one of the reasons it broke my heart you know, to, to lose you guys, like years of expertise there. And like to have to start again is like <sighs> daunting. Donkey. So instead of being like, that's full on our teacher, like you, know, you you guys were both to the point where you on autopilot and basically good to go. But starting again, I would be full on art teacher. And I was like, 
that sounds terrible. It doesn't sound like fun. I just didn't want to do it. And I, I, that the real, again, that, that moment of going from, oh, wind knocked out of here to, to an empowering place is like recognizing and creating. I don't have to recognize that I'm not trying to build an empire, getting rid of all the shoulds of growth and goals and all that jazz. And instead replacing with like, you know, I really am happiest in my studio, metaphorically speaking, making pretty pixels, making the system better, making something people want, creating what I'm putting out there to be better. That was the pivot back to artistry. Art teacher is I'm, I'm using as a loose metaphor for manager of others where mm -hmm. I care about them being artists. That's the, 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 the pivot where artist is to me way more fun and I just am enjoying the luxury of I don't have performance goals or responsibilities to people who fund me or to myself to feel good about myself. I'm just making, doing my own thing, making what people want and enjoying the creative part. When you're talking about being an artist and, and making things better and enhancing, you've just released version five. Now, before there was like a whole webinar series and you would, you would release something and then soon to follow might be a webinar to really ignite coaches. How are you connecting with the users of Coach Accountable outside of the morning and afternoon support? How am I connecting to coaches these days is far reduced. That's a temporary thing, probably, because I, again, retreated to my studio to make something great. And I think from a leverage perspective, when I release something that makes it just that much more slick and, and good looking for all tens of thousands of people using Coach Candle every day. Yeah, that's way more leverage than anything I could have done otherwise. So I can feel good called like, look, I'm ignoring y'all for now. Don't worry. It's, this works out. This goes to a good place. Um, I have daily or weekly office hours. Not too many people attend. It's fun to riff though whenever I, I meet someone. The webinar series is another one, much like code, you know, get it right once and then it, everyone benefits from it. If I do a webinar right, that's watchable. And definitely for everyone. So the webinar series does still stand. And I do delight in pointing people at it like, hey, it looks like you're working on your new website. Check out this one. Hey, it looks like you know, you're doing this. Did you even know that you could do this to your point? And that's a, a sort of, again, a, a leveraging my time. Having done it once and having that collection there means it's a resource that's available. And all I, you know, just point little pointers to people. But for for the time being, the, my my outreach is is much leaner than an idealized self of if I could uh, clone myself many times. Don't mind though, because again, at the end of the day, what I'm ultimately looking for is to make the platform itself, the the helps and support systems to, uh, that are there, you know, the knowledge base and the webinar series itself, be there, there and ready. And when there's a sort of din of like a community called like, dude, Coach Accountable, you got it. it's good. Uh, having there be honestly a, a, an institutional or industrial understanding and awareness and knowledge of these tools, way better than what I, me just like singing and dancing and trying to even louder, like, hey, watch this and pay attention to me. Nah, I'm looking to have it be more fade into the background. I was like, yeah, it's just the tool to use. It's it's there and we all know how to use it. I like the growing ecosystem of people who are professionals for hire to say like, I can help you translate your coaching style onto this platform. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's a whole cottage you know, industry of WordPress experts, right? WordPress mm -hmm. being this free platform. And there are people who are like, let me help you make the most of it. Uh, fomenting that kind of culture where there's just like people who go like, yeah, 
spread the word of Coach Accountable and, and not just the word, but the expertise and how to, you can make your coaching better because you just need to do this. Um, that's uh, the direction I'm going. And it's a longer range play. And much like I'm saying no to feature requests so I can focus on something way bigger that you guys want way more, i.e. version five. It's a similar play of like, this looks, this may look negligent in the moment. This may look like I'm ignoring this thing. On a long enough timeline, I'm betting that it will make sense and have the the a bigger effect than if I was more front and center on the day-to-day. Your mind is so interesting. I asked you, how do you connect with the users of Coach Cowboy? You're like, well, I don't. And, and you're using words like oh, <laughs> negligent and I'm ignoring. But then you spout off, I have weekly office hours and I have this thing and I have this. Okay. If you can name me in the next 10 seconds, another software company that has office hours with the founder, with the guy that built the thing, <laughs> I'll wait. I'm only giving him 10 seconds because we can't have that much dead air. I was about to say, that's going to be dead air. We can, yeah, I'm going to fail <laughs> that test unheard hard. Of. <laughs> that's unheard of. You're not on any social media platforms. Um. You're not doing any aggressive marketing. You're not doing any marketing. Yeah. I, I suppose when we ask the question, I think of like the outreach, the putting myself out there and going like, yeah, no, you will not find Coach Campbell unless you look for it because we didn't advertise. We didn't get you there. So if you came here, if you ever found Coach Campbell, it's because you were looking for something and you know, search engines picked up what they picked up, never done any SEO stuff or a colleague told you. And yes, to your point, uh, I'm not trying to like yell again at the top of the roof of the bullhorn in any way, shape or form, metaphorical or otherwise. But if you want to reach out to me, you'll find me. I'm super approachable and that has remained a delight. That gives nourishment to the creative spirit when I'm doing all the heads down work of programming the darn thing. Because I'm talking to real people who are expressing real needs and desires for the platform or expressing like, ah, oh, I wish I'm looking for a platform like this. And I get to say, oh yeah, come right here. Actually, that's been a thing since 2019. And I can, uh, you know, hear good ideas that again, give purpose and perspective to like, yeah, I'm going to do this for that person. And I bet that's going to make a hundred more people happy. Well, and okay. But we also have to look at the other side of the coin mm. for folks that are listening and they're interested in coach accountable, but they're thinking, well, wait a minute, wait, it's, it's one guy and it's great if I have a question and I send that question, it's not getting picked up by an autobot. It's most likely going to be responded. Well, it is. I mean, it has to be responded by you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get weekly office hours every week with, with the founder. Okay, but it's still one guy and he created it. And he holds the keys to everything. And what if it all goes away? tomorrow. I don't like the, mm. if I get hit by a bus, I hate that it's morbid and I'm a true <laughs> crime girl, but oh. it's morbid. Let's just say you decide to retire. Like, let's mm. just say for whatever reason, you're not, you're not running it. What, what happens? What happens to the tens of thousands of coaches that are on coach accountable and using it successfully for their coaching business? It's really great because the, the, the pithy answer is, you know, Coach Campbell will run for as long as anyone cares that it should run. And the reason is, again, we've kind of like skirted around this in the mere mechanics of running lean. It's just profitable. It's going to be at any level. Like I say on there, if if 95% of my customers just quit overnight and said, this sucks, I'm going to another platform, I'd wonder what the hell happened. But say I would still be in the black and the very, you know, efficient, tight, 
setup of things would just run. If I got bored or hit by a bus or anything else, um, I suppose the worst case scenario would be that you ask a support question and it goes into the void. But there would be no reason under any circumstances, whether I'm dead or alive, to not have not keep paying the hosting company to keep that server running. All the machinations just just go. And if I'm too bored to fix anything, well, guess what? There's basically nothing to fix. There are no fires. There are no like, oh yeah, there's a known issue. We're waiting for a fix in quarter four kind of things hanging out there. It just works really well because my sanity, comma, ability to sleep literally depends on it. So I've engineered the hell out of it to 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 be a nice, robust working machine. So whatever happens to me, there is great incentive for for keeping it running. And the last question, mm-hmm. um, if you could just, because we've talked a lot about Coach Countable, we've talked about how you started it, how you run your business, um, to loop it all the way back to the beginning, you saw that there was a gap in how mm-hmm. coaching was done. And you didn't have a great relationship with your calendar and staying accountable in your coaching. So yeah. you created a thing that would do that. Can you tell everyone who's not familiar with Coach Countable, what's that thing? What can they do with this in their coaching Mm. business? Okay. So to answer that, do we have a few minutes? I'll I'll kind of loop back to the original creation story of like the, I I gave the, you know, how to think about how to make this from the business side. Let me do it from the empirical coaching side. I was in a program where I loved it. I was so coachable. Coaching is great. Coaching is amazing. And we, we were doing this program. You know, the, the program is a four-month program. And every week you have classroom. And then you would make an action plan. And in this program, carbon copy paper. You write down your things. These actions that would you know move your project forward. You're actually applying this coaching to your life and having it make a difference. And you write that off. I dutifully write it off as a good student that I was. Good asterisk. Because I... Rip off the 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 sheet, copy, give it to my coach, take my copy, fold it up, put it in my notebook, and summarily forget it. And then when I have my coaching call with my coach a couple days later, he'd invariably lead with, "Okay, John, so how's you doing on your action plan?" And I'd be like, "Oh, write that thing." Hey, man, what did I say I was gonna do again? And my head trash at the time was like, oh God, I suck. I'm so not a good student of coaching. I'm not, you know, rising to my full potential because I just, I lack those soft skills. I, I, I've coined the term motivated mere mortal. I'm motivated. I'm into it. I, the coaching is great. But as a mere mortal with a limited facility to make space in my life to stretch out and do those things that would have me and my world grow, eh, you know. From the on, from the outside, that could look like, well, you just lose. You're 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 left by the wayside. Coaching can't help you. You last cause. And but I thought this was a, unique to me. And then when I was a coach, I was like, oh, this is not unique to me. When I would coach people, the exact same thing. I'm not the only one. So the population, you know, slice of the population that would fall under that definition of motivated mere mortal, is a bit wider than I thought. So the coach accountable to where that comes in as let's help people who may lack the soft skills to fit coaching into their life went beyond just showing up for the call itself, actually fit it in their life. 
timely reminders, a game plan that's front and center, really easy to see what's done and what's not, really easy to track and appreciate how much has been accomplished. Bring a layer of tangibility to it. You know, the idea that I say all the time in Coach Cannibal Land is, look, coaching is amazing. And most of your training has to do with making those coaching conversations amazing. When coaching is more than those conversations, though, guess what? Good coaching gets to live on and get applied and make an actual difference when coach is not there, when you're living your real life, because that's where the rubber meets the road. So many times, and I'm guilty of this, both in delivering of coaching and receiving it, and I know I ain't the only one, coaching is a great slew of wonderful feel-good ideas and insights that quickly fade into oblivion within minutes or hours or days or even weeks after the call, the session ends. So Coach Cannibal is all about making it more tangible, writing it down, making a plan, tracking the results, capturing the gems so that this stuff lives on and gets acted on so that coaching is not just a bunch of woo stuff that makes everyone feel good and high fives and sunshine, but actually makes a lasting difference. People will say, John, Coach Cannibal, coaching makes a lasting difference all the time. Ah. I'm like, yeah, I know but it's a fraction of what it could be. It's, it works really great with the A students of coaching. Those people who are already, you know, top of their game with a calendar and, and already rock solid with their word and their integrity and their follow through. Guess what? There's a whole slew of us mere sinners out here who are just trying to show up and could use a little help to, to, to figure it out and, and, and follow through. And there you have Coach Accountable. It's all about making the coaching better because it's more than conversations. And that wraps another episode of the Anbry podcast. To learn more about John and Coach Accountable, go to coachaccountable.com. That's coachaccountable, all one word, dot com. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.